Hello and welcome to the final 2019, well we're, we're recording this in 2019 at least. Yes. On New Year's Eve. Yes. We are recording the final Story Screen Presents Hot Takes. Spicy. You know what it is, it's the podcast where we go see a new movie in theaters or out of theaters. This time we saw it in theaters. And yes. then we come directly to the microphone and share our first impressions, our hottest takes on that new movie. My name is Jack Kolejewski. I am joined today, as always, by Robert oh, Anderson. That's me. I'll hey. do it for you. I'll say your name for Thank you, Robert. You very Don't much. worry about it. I got you. I know your name. I'm just on edge after seeing this movie. I know. I me I'm too. Just so hyped up. Yes. About it. I have very manic energy right yeah. now after seeing this movie. What do we just go see, Robert? Uncut Gems. The new <laughs> movie by Benny and Josh Safdie. What did you think of Uncut? Well, okay, hold on. You want my hot take? Uh. I want to get in the rhythm of this because we we uh, most of the time we just we just blurt it out there. We get, sure. Let's talk about what this movie is a little bit first. Sure. It's the uh, follow up film by the Safdie brothers. Uh, their first film. I'm not sure if it's their first film, but I think it was their first wide release sure. full full motion picture film. And that movie's called Good Time. Good time. Uh, starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, Robert Pattinson kind boy. of like played next to one of the Safdie brothers also acting in the film. Spoiler alert, Robert Pattinson is going to be uh, heavily involved in my year-end list this year, which we are uh, hard at work writing. Yeah, well, you know, if he's in a movie, I'm already... My ears are perked. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Except for The King. I haven't seen that yet, but I heard he steals the show in that one. I'm sure someone has to. Uh, so, yeah, we saw Uncut Gems, the follow-up film to uh good time it's their sophomore effort yeah absolutely. i don't know if it's a follow-up so it's not connected to good time in any way but the maybe go on we can get to that later but uh yeah so much in the way that good time uh starred robert pattinson kind of had like a big name attached to this like kind of like indie energy film this a24 film uh, Uncut Gems stars Adam Sandler. Yes. Um, working at uh, so we have this movie at Story Screen right now at the local movie theater. That is where we just York, saw it, which is where we just saw it. And it was very great. pleasant, lovely experience. Um, the Lounge Theater, Theater Three, Theater Three, the if Lounge. Not, if you've not been there, it's a, a lounge setup, so it's not your typical. I had a nice, comfy couch. It was perfect. It's not perfect. your typical stadium seating no. theater, which is also nice. You can find that in Theater One and Two. This is true. Theater Three, however. Loungy. It's a little more laid back. It's relaxed. You're hanging out. But I was on the edge of my couch, I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, this movie stars Adam Sandler, and it's crazy that people, like, they're coming into the theater and be like, oh, I want to see the, can I get a ticket for the Adam Sandler movie? Wow. Which well, is just, like, yes, kind of weird. Which is, like, may. you're not wrong, but it kind of just, you know, goes to show you, like, this, like, we're talking about, it's like, yeah, it's a new Safety Brothers film, I love Good Time, this is so cool, but, like, this is also, like, you know... This is the first serious, like, dramatic role it's, I think Adam Sandler has either ever had. Or no, no, no. Because he others. did um, "Rain Over Me," mm. which was uh, I haven't seen I've personally. Seen actually, it. that's that's a blind spot in my in my repertoire. Well, definitely in recent memory. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a while since he's done a little more of a like serious mm. movie. He's listen, Adam Sandler. His his current movies or his his recent movies are not for me, but he is hitting with a certain audience, and he is well, the movie that he made this year with um it's like a I think it's just called Murder Mystery, and he made it with Jennifer Aniston, and Netflix oh. just their Netflix's numbers are always kind of bullshit, but they mm-hmm. just said that that movie was very successful for them. I and believe it. You know what? 
he's hitting with a certain audience. Sure. <laughs> so good for him. He's getting fucking paid, well, which is what he's trying to do in this movie. Regardless of anything, he steals the show in this film. It's his show. Uh, it's not yeah. even a. It's not even a show for him to steal. It's his fucking but, show. You know. Now that now that like you know the stage is set. What this movie is in this non spoilery section of hot takes. Uh, this movie fucking rules. Yeah. This movie. It's crazy. It whips ass. It's all day crazy. Long. I am in such a weird mood yeah, walking man. out of this movie. I left I left the movie feeling I needed to like run to my car. I like, like I, I was like, like I need my, to we need to get my somewhere. heart rate is elevated. Yeah. I want to I want to speak faster. Mm-hmm. I want to do some dealing, wheeling and dealing. I'm going to go place yeah. a bet. I, wanna, I hate gambling. I want to make some I want to make some fucking money. Let's make some fucking Let's make money. Some fucking money. That's right what we're trying now. to do here. We're trying to make some fucking You think we're money. doing this for fun? No, no. I'm trying to make some We're trying to get paid. Fucking money. So, advertisers, if you're out there, put it all in the Celtics game. I gotta, hold on, I gotta take this phone call right now. Hold yeah, on, lucky like, number, lucky number seven. Uh-huh, put it yeah. on on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, lay it on. Put it on the basketball. Yep. Bet it all. Bet it all. Everything I got. Yep. Everything. Okay. Thanks. Um. Oh fuck, we're broke. Uh. Yeah. Oh, no! This movie. Uh, yeah. This movie is fucking sick. I think you know one of the things Good Time does really well that transfers over to. I think what this movie does super well is um, the attitude and the mood yeah. is so like thick. They're it's so they're tone pieces. Powerful, yeah. They're not because they're not really plot driven movies. They're, not to say there, there's not no there there's is. there's a story happening for yes. sure. Um, but I think it's much more about like. Um, I don't want to say like day in the life because that might be like an overused phrase, and like you could say that about a lot of movies. But it's really like you know. It's like character studies in, you know, I think the movies have a lot, like, very similar textures and tones. Sure, absolutely. You know, I feel like they could yes. almost, like, they can, like, coexist in the same world in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that they necessarily do. There's no real saying that they would be in the same world besides just, like, tone, really. This, I think what the Safties do incredibly well mm-hmm. after seeing Good Time and Uncut Gems is they, yes, they take one focal person. In Good Time, it was obviously Robert Pattinson. Right. And in Uncut Gems, it's Adam Sandler. And they, <coughs> on the strength of an incredibly powerful performance of their lead actor, they build out this... Uh, it's almost like um, a, a, a mousetrap, sort of like very complicated... Um, moving machine where the main character is just involved and is up to their eyeballs in shit and they're just trying to work their way through that shit the entire time Mm -hmm. and like you said it's the energy it's that manic energy I think even more than Good Time like Good Time has a claustrophobic grimy feel to it Mm -hmm. I think Uncut Gems has somewhat of a different texture to it because it is because um adam sandler's character is a, a gem dealer he's he's in well, new york he's in the, like, I think the diamond this, district this movie is all about feeling like gilded it's a there's a glitziness yeah, to it but, but it's it like is, fake there's know? a fake glitziness exactly. to it. yeah and and that, everything feels like very fleeting in the film he is wheeling and dealing the whole time yeah. whereas in good time like i don't want to spend this entire podcast comparing this to good time but i think like the safties mm-hmm. have and let's like let's not you know uh, 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 try to pretend like this movie is extremely hot right now, and especially like the kind of so film right the now. film kind of conversation is yeah. like 
all over this movie right mm-hmm. now. And this is a movie that uh, premiered at film festivals like way earlier in the year. So you and I both have been hearing about this movie We've for been a long about time. We've been hearing about for a minute. It also has like it has one of the best trailers that I've ever seen. It's a very good trailer. Yeah, it's I, th- super I honestly think the trailer is maybe a little too long for this movie and like well, shows a lot of stuff. That can be a criticism that can also maybe carry over to the actual film. Um, maybe, 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 but I think the, it's, it is that kind of like manic pace. It's, I think what they do, and I was trying to like kind of process this a little bit in real time while I was watching this movie, Mm -hmm. the, the pace of this movie is pretty easy to follow. I feel like, like the things that happen, happen in a sequence where you are with the actor and you're not getting lost but at the same time within the scenes themselves they feel electric in the way that there is so much happening and every yeah. there's so many people talking and there's so much going on in every scene i think the movie really pushes you to keep up <clears throat> i think it really i think in the first like act or so of it, it's very challenging to like understand what's happening because it's happening so quickly after like kind of like inciting imagery that happens it's and there's always people shouting and there's people always people are on yelling the and they're talking and, and it's you know it really you know i think whatever that world is like in real life <clears throat> or like what you can imagine it to be like i i do really think this film has to capture it to some extent like it has yeah. to really embody what it's doing it's hard know? to say how much of it it's capturing something and how much of it's like kind of imagining that kind of yeah because who knows what like that world of of diamond dealing and like you know how that even were i mean i don't know but also like we we we're not the right people spending there's taking things and pawning them and all the money in it is kind of like pretend almost like there's i think a feeling uh, um and a theme of this movie that like so much of it is like up in the air at every well it's a lot of everybody's kind of just like where's my fucking money it's, I mean, you know, a lot of it's predicated on lies and a lot of it is what you said, like the idea of imaginary money, but you're even just like, I'm going to do this so I can get this, this amount of money right now, yes. even though it's going to go somewhere I'm else come immediately. back and give you back that money because I'm spinning this plate with yeah. this other money over here. And all of that just creates like this tension that the Safdie brothers, again, are so excellent at doing mm-hmm. because they did the same thing at Good Time yeah. where... That tension grabs you from the start and like Adam Sandler, we'll talk about this more in spoiler territory, right. but Adam Sandler at the beginning of this movie, his, his, um, his, uh, his character's name is Howard. Uh, oh, fuck. It's like starts with an R. His Howie. character's name is Howie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's like already up to his eyeballs and shit. From the jump. Oh, yeah. He's running around. He's on his iPhone the whole time. And that is just... Things are just, like, imploding all over the place. And it's it's that kind of manic energy that is similar to Good Time that I think carries this movie forward. Yeah. And really is not necessarily something that is enjoyable to watch but it is fascinating to watch and is gripping well watch. it's crazy like you know there there are moments especially later in the film that have really like classic film tension where Howard there's a ratner lot of, is Howard his name ratner yeah you know there's a lot of moments that have like classic film tension where it's like you know we're on a few different planes of action and they're all kind of crescendoing in close tandem to one another you're not really sure what's going to happen next but i think a lot of the anxiety from the film just comes from like sensory overload yeah because there's like you know Shouting is such a good 
it, it, if you haven't seen the movie yet, it's going to sound weird, but it's such a, a huge... It's a shouty movie. It's <laughs> such a huge point of the film because it's it's like audio overload. It's like... And it makes you feel anxious because you're just like, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. Because it's like, the characters, like, they're not yelling. It's not like two characters yelling, having an argument. Maybe sometimes. But a lot of time it's like five different people yelling at one person. They're having five different conversations. It, it doesn't really make sense, but like the mob energy of it does. And yeah. uh, it's such a huge component of the film that, you know, I, I can't really imagine another movie that really has it in that way or to this like dialed upness. Of it, it nails you know? it. It would be like if you and I were trying to have this conversation and also at the same time, three people off mic were trying to talk to us at the same time and yeah. both of our phones were ringing off the hook the that's entire this, time. That's this movie. That's what this movie yeah. is like. And the moments, and then, you know, and it's crazy because the moments where there are more more quiet bits, you know, uh, it's, it's used very sparingly and very uh, brilliantly because it, it, it builds tension again. Like it right. uses, it uses this ability to kind of like, you know, drain the well and fill it back up like so smartly. Absolutely, and uh, it's really you know it, the craft of this movie from a visual and story standpoint, and again, like just making something that's like a mood, like like the whole movie could be like a music video. I love the music in this. Movie. The music is. I mean, the music in Good Times really fun. The music yeah. is also very good. Yeah, in this they movie, they are very is... good at what they're doing. They're well, doing a very particular thing yeah. that I think is not going to hit with everybody. I think some people will see this movie and think it's unbearable. Well, a twenty. This is a twenty four's highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah, and that's what's crazy. That is also something that a twenty four has also cultivated in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. say what you will about a twenty four movies. I personally like them very much. I yeah. know they're not for everybody, it's but fair reason, at, yeah. and also that at this point they've built up a, a pretty wide range of stuff. Mm-hmm. But all of their movies, in one way or another, for the most part, all the movies that I've seen, the thing that stands out to me about their movies is that mm-hmm. they are nailing a particular tone and atmosphere and mood. And right. this is a high intensity manic, not over the top, because I think it's like very ground. And that's that's the thing yeah. about Good Time. Also, it's grounded in a way that these are very real believable people Mm -hmm. and the interactions that they're having because they're so manic they feel kind of organic because they feel like real life people well nothing feels unbelievable in this world yeah like nothing feels so outlandish or so crazy that you're just like this i have to you i don't think you have to suspend your disbelief in this movie like really at all you know no, like no, it's all very not. it's like yeah no I, that that tracks this makes sense yeah and i think that also it's and again it, it kind of i think really ties back to adam sandler yes because like he just whoever this character is this person i've never met in real life so i have no basis for like understanding what people like this could be like i just believe he exists i just believe adam sandler is this person yes and it's the crazy thing and the hardest thing to do with someone like Adam Sandler is for him to do just that. Right. That's the hardest thing for a character actor, one of the most prolific Absolutely. comedy actors of all time to do. Like, I don't even think he's Adam Sandler in this no, movie. No, you're not looking at this and saying, hey, that's Adam Sandler. Yeah, no, you're it's, saying, this it's is, crazy. This is Howie Ratner. Exactly. And he is so fully integrated and, in and that And that's character. the thing, like, you have to, like, there's some serious, like, acting chops and legwork to make that happen. And I, you know, I can, you know, one of the examples that comes to mind pretty easily is thinking about, like, Jim Carrey and Eternal Sunshine, you know? Like, sure. In that movie, like, you forget it's a Jim Carrey movie because he's so departed from, like, his, his larger body of work. Right. And I think, you know, you can say, again, you can say what you will about, like, Adam Sandler and the roles that he has taken mm-hmm. in the later parts of his career. 
even for like the last 10 years, the kind of roles that he's choosing. Well, I think he's trying to he's make money. He's doing that on purpose. He's making money. He's making money. He also, you know, at this now it seems like he might be trying to construct a narrative for himself. He's playing well, the long game. You know, right? at, at this point, this is a movie where he is decidedly taking a risk and saying, this is probably not going to make me Jack and Jill money, but this is going to <laughs> this is going to be something that I'm interested in creatively. And, yeah. and he fucking knocks it out of the park. He he's, nails it. He's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy that it's these dudes, like, second major movie. They know the what things that The things that they're pulling off in this film as, like, a sophomore effort, it's just like, who gave you the right and who signed the checks? Because this is crazy. I said the same thing after I saw A Good Time, but I want to see these two do a straight up horror movie. So bad. They do tension really well, man. I, you know, I kind of like this like weird crime thing. It's a different doing. thing, yeah. It's its own unique because piece. like it's so different yeah. than like like it has kind of like a, a mobster movie energy. Yeah, it, it feels like kind of like New York City crime drama, but like it's so different because its mood is so strikingly different than movies like that. So I, I kind of want to see him keep making films in this like gritty crime universe they, yeah, they've created definitely. you know like i i think they they exist well in that space and there's nothing uh, this might be getting more into spoiler territory but there's like this is almost above board crime in a lot of ways like board it, crime above board crime what's like, board crime you mean no 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 like above board like it's like there's oh, nothing oh, really yeah. illig there's i mean we'll talk about it more in spoilers <laughs> but most of the stuff that's going on in this movie, be it gambling or wheeling and dealing or pawning or stuff like that, like it's yeah. technically all legal. There's nothing explicitly like no, he's, illegal. He's manipulating it's, people's trust. It's grimy. Yeah, it's grimy. I mean, he's he plays. A, you can get get you can glean this from the trailer. I'm sorry if it's a spoiler. He's a piece of shit. And that's the thing. That's is, the thing about the. You they're know. also like their their lead characters, yeah. the Safdie brothers, are not good people. Mm-hmm. But you're still rooting for them because they are such a uh, in, uh, engrossing main yeah. character. I mean, I think that's the thing that um, both movies, like Good Time and this movie, do really well is that they don't they position their characters at from the beginning where it's like they're morally apprehensible, and then you get a whole movie where it's like it's not trying to redeem them, but it just like shows more depths of their characters. Sure, yeah, absolutely. and the way it rounds out. Um, you know, we'll get to it in spoilers. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think... They're never glorifying this. No. And I think that's very important to keep in mind. Like, uh, you know, what Adam Sandler is doing is is not a life I don't think anyone would really want. Like, yeah. he is... No. He is... You it's know, not worth it. <laughs> he's struggling the whole time. And, yeah. like, everything that he does have, which, like, you know, you kind of learn is, like, you know, maybe a little bit more than you than you thought is is can be taken away so quickly just as yeah. quickly as you can make a it's deal all or make a thing it it's all yeah. none of it's real really and that's kind of the cool like i think commentary about commodification Definitely. that this movie has where it's just like it doesn't i mean you have things but they don't matter they're not real nothing's real I, it, yeah it, it's a uh, a spoiler free line but he says this line a lot he's like that's not mine that doesn't belong to me mm-hmm. and that i think is kind of like the theme of this movie is yeah, like none of this stuff to. is permanent in any way yeah. it's all very fleeting uh and it's and and there are times where this movie takes a breath 
to examine that in a way, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool as well. I mean, I think he's a character where he, you know, he he's far more concerned with the chase than he is concerned with like what you're getting. Where, like when you find you out you got a big wheel, like yeah. a big win, like that's enough. Yeah, and I'm sure, like you know, he wants to see those earnings as well. But yeah, and but now we now we're, I think we're dancing. Around we are a little bit, yeah. but again, like to go back to, to to compare this back to Good Time, and I think this is the thing that the Safdie brothers have proven themselves really good is like creating that atmosphere, having the lead character who's just ahead of the wheel a little bit yeah. the whole time, but it's biting at their ankles the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whether or not it actually catches up to them at the end, like that's the chase that makes these movies so compelling. And though it's that manic the entire time, yeah, I'm with it. And I just feel so like engaged. I want to see them. I, so I, I, what I want to see them do for their next movie is do like their Wolf of Wall Street because they've mm. kind of hit these different tiers of like sure, crime. Sure, sure. So like this is like the mid tier one. I want to see them do something where it's like dealing with a character who's like really on top, mm-hmm. but in this kind of the way that they make it, you know. But I actually, it's interesting you brought that up because I found myself thinking about the Irishman a lot. In yeah, processing, no, I think there's a lot this. to. Think I think these about two movies too. are like perfect companion pieces to each other because you know the Irishman is something that takes place over decades. Yeah. It is it is retrospective. It is it takes its time. It it kind of you know relishes in that amount of time to like reflect on things. Whereas this movie is the complete opposite, where it is just going and going and going and action and uh being in smack dab in the Mm. middle of it it takes place over a very short amount of time yeah everything is unfolding before you in almost in real time in a lot of ways yeah they don't don't do like a time skip there's no you know jumps it's just like everything that you like everything that happens to adam sandler's character in this Mm. movie you're witnessing as it's happening yes um and these those two movies i feel like are almost two sides of the same coin of that kind of like that sort of thinking about that sort of lifestyle yeah Yeah. and i think it's really interesting and i think that's that is the safety strong suit right now is being in the moment and being engaged and being just feeling everything like it's it's the meme of like the dog sitting in the room that's on fire and saying this This is is fine yeah 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 no it definitely it has that energy yeah, I'm ready to talk about the. Uh, you want to hop into? Yeah, subscribers? I'm ready. I'm ready, man. Okay, cool. I want to talk about cool. the things. Um, I would highly recommend seeing this movie in theaters. I mean, like the hype around this movie is is real, and I think I think it, it meets it full force, man. Like yeah. this movie's fucking cool. Sure, yeah. definitely recommend. I, it, I yeah. don't think it's gonna land with everybody because it is not pleasant in a lot of ways. I mean, if you're not into like you know 20 minutes of blaringly loud, ambiguous sci-fi music over this weird film happening, then I don't know. I'm not really sure why you're here. Yeah, I, I love it's, it. it's I love fine. It. Yeah, yeah, it's fine if it's not for you. Yeah. But it's it's you know what you're getting into. Also, for uh, you know, to, to sidebar to uh, should you buy the vinyl? That's really Robbie's good audio Robbie's for vinyl v- Robbie's vinyl corner. Um, highly recommend finding the the score and soundtrack to this film. It's not out until Jan uh, late January. When it comes already, out, I've already checked. When it comes out, you got to get it. All right, now back to Jack. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Um with that little audio cue, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with some spoilers. So, I thought it was very interesting that this movie opened up in Ethiopia and it like 
I think I think it has to. Yeah, you know, I think it's really cool. I think that, um, you know, <laughs> there is clearly around the entire gem trade that's a mucky business to begin with. The blood diamond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, starting with that is very. I did not expect that, or at least I was not thinking about that going in. So opening sure. with that, I think, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of sets the tone for the whole thing, because even that is manic. Like, even that yeah. is like... Well, because it opens with like, you know, it, it doesn't open like, you know, a couple people quietly mining away at some cave. Like, it opens with like, you know, the entire... This entire mine in Ethiopia is is in chaos because someone like fucking destroyed their leg. Yeah, and everyone's like kind of freaking out. And there's and a then, human. There's clearly a human cost to this. Exactly, and so there's a there's an, an intense human cost to it. And then, like you know, in the midst of the chaos, we find out you know these other characters are getting the gem out of it. this. And it seems clear to me that like they're doing this. In secret, like while this chaos is oh, going yeah. on, because I think how he got it for a deal, kind of because too. he yeah. organized some sort. That's like the explicitly illegal thing, but because it's it's wrapped up in this chaos, mm-hmm. they get away with it. And right. and then it's interesting that that is the handoff that like the rest of the movie they're not even they don't give a fuck about those Ethiopian miners because no. that is like they don't come up to the got to it. the end, you know. Right, but even still, like, that is so inconsequential to the rest of everything that's going on with yeah. Howie himself and, like, the like the trade, him trying to sell these uncut gems for the rest of the, the movie. Right. Um, I think that's really interesting. I agree. Okay, and that's it and for these Thank you again so much for yeah. listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like, I love, I love the transition to... Like going through the gem, seeing all the magical colors of the oh, universe, yeah. like, doing all that. But then we come out during a colon, a colon, colonoscopy. Yeah, yes. and uh, and it's parallel at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but like I like the symmetry between like mm-hmm. how it goes from the crystalline structure of the gem to a human form of mm-hmm. Adam Sandler's well, I think, colon. Oh, Adam Sandler's colon. I mean, it's, it's like the I hope they connectiveness. Really him, I hope they really got him a colonoscopy. I thought that, yeah, I I mean, hope that, that was man. inside of Adam Sandler's actual colon. That'd be hilarious. I thought what they were going to go with is that he smuggled the diamond out in his butt or something like that. Before, before <laughs> realizing what the actual, like, size and unit of the thing was. Uh-huh. Um, that would be pretty big. Yeah. Was, a, and they're like, a, uh, a polyp and what is this? A diamond. It's a gem. It looks mm, uncut, actually. It looks like an uncut gem. I thought that'd be funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the way, I love the way the movie opens and, you know, it took me a while to, like, not so much for the film to get its hooks at me, but for me to, like, like, it, it was almost like the movie was running ahead of me, and I, I was, like, just trying to catch trying to up catch a little up. bit. Yeah. yeah, like, I was, like, I was like right behind it. And then you're, you're, like, right into it. Like, he is at the shop. It is fucking manic. Lakeith Stanfield yeah. is there. You don't have time. Kevin Garnett to is like showing not... up. What the fuck? Well, it's funny. You know, it's funny talking about the pacing of this movie, and we, like, pretty recently just did a podcast on, like, Rise of Skywalker, where we yes. were very harsh on the film for having, like, rapid-fire pacing. It felt like the movie wanted to end as soon as it began. But, like, you know, this movie is kind of, like, in really good contrast pacing-wise to a film like that. Because yes. they're, like, no, the rapid-fire pacing is, like, baked into what, like, the narrative structure of the film is. Like, this is this is by design, you know. This is not a flaw of the film. And it's... 
the, I think it, bringing up Rise of Skywalker is really interesting because mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker for me feels like every scene is rushed because there are a lot of points along the plot that they're trying to get to. Yeah. This is almost the inverse of that where the plot points are relatively simple. Like Adam Sandler is in trouble and he needs money and he's like trying to get money. But within each individual scene, you're allowed to like dwell within the scene and the pace within the scene is manic because Mm -hmm. of it fits with the tone and the atmosphere of the movie where like this is a kind of CB world that he exists in. And everyone is shouting at each other at yeah. all times because that's like the the atmosphere. They're explicitly trying to capture that. Mm-hmm. So even though every single scene is manic, the overall plot of the movie is very specifically designed where you can follow like each thing that's happening. Right. And that is done like that amount of craft is something that's a little bit tricky to quantify and really put your finger on like what makes that work or what doesn't make that work. Yeah. And I think it's it's a fine line between what makes that work and I, doesn't. I make think that, work. that the pacing of this movie could easily have gone off the rails and like Sure. But I think it's like, you know, it's a speeding it's towing that line. Well, yeah. And they're I, going for that specific It's a speeding train that does not go off the rails. Like it's right. it stays on its course the entire time and you know, I actually I like when the movie I like, I really appreciate the way the movie starts off and I really kind of appreciate like the structure it, it like kind of builds itself into as it goes along. It yeah. starts adding more conventional movie design mechanics to it and kind of making it make a little bit more sense or kind of like housing this chaotic energy into something a little bit more structured. I really, I really like that about the movie, but I just really appreciate the way that it starts because it's very unconventional. It's very like... Who are these people? What's going on? It's so much. But like, you know, you have to kind of just like trust the movie to kind of give it to you. And the movie, I think, also puts a lot of trust in you as the audience member to get it. Right. And I like like any movie that really treats you like a smart person. I love all that. It's also a movie that that has a lot of important relationships that make the whole thing tick. You know, it is centralized uh, centralized around... Howie Ratner, mm-hmm. around Adam Sandler's character and his relationships with the uh, supporting cast that is in this movie, which I don't know if we said this explicitly in the non-spoiler section, but the supporting cast in this movie is phenomenal. They're amazing. There are a lot of really great character actors yeah, that well, make this thing tick. I mean, and there's also some like really solid cam- uh, cameos. Like uh, Kevin Garnett is probably like the... He's not even a cameo. He is a... He's, he's a main part of the movie. He's a main part of this movie. And uh, he, you know, he's huge in stature. And uh, and, the, and the weekend is in it, which yes. is very fucking funny. Yes. So so my only criticism against the movie, and it's like half baked because I really like the sequence, mm-hmm. is when they're at the weekend show. Mm-hmm. I feel like that really throttles down the overall pace of the movie because I feel like that whole sequence is not as consequential to everything else that's happening. Okay. Yeah, but I think, but I also I really like it. And it does serve enough purposes where it, it, it throws out of whack, like, the relationships that he has with a few characters. Yeah. Um, which makes it so he has to kind of work harder to get some of them back or whatnot throughout the movie. So that's what kind of what I was getting at with um, Howie and his relationships. Because he is spinning a lot of plates in this movie. He, yeah. He's, he's at the same time, spinning a, spinning a lot of financial plates. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got this gem. He yes. gave it to Kevin Garnett to hang on to. As like a little 
token of friendship kind of thing. Yeah, but not he took his because, ring, though. Not only because he's a, a, a sports better and he's clearly very involved in sports, but also, mm-hmm. like, he has that kind of... He's trying to build that connection, right? Yeah. Which is something that he's done with a lot of people in this movie. Uh, he Yeah, he got the ring from Kevin. He mm-hmm. pawned that ring off so that he could pay... Um, what's this guy's name? Uh, his his kind of, like, um, Arno, played by uh, Eric... Bogosian. Bogosian. But like he he has like other people like kind of who seem mm-hmm. like that he had Arno has like thugs that are kind of pestering him, following yeah. him the whole time, like where's my fucking money kind of thing. Well, you know, the the we start this movie where the the walls are starting to close in on him. He already owes people money. Yeah, he already he's money. already like not in a good place from the jump of the movie. And he's taking yeah. money from here and there. Like I said, he pawned the ring so they could get some money. He threw it on a bet. Like it's always it like from the he's get-go, trying to allocate the lies. You know, he's yes. trying to reallocate fake money to to appease certain people. And but at the same time, he also has personal relationships that he's. Yeah. juggling at the well, same time. Well, we point. learned that Arno's like a member of his family. His family. He's like his, yes. his brother-in-law, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he also, his wife, played by uh, Adina Menzel mm-hmm. in the God of Davida, um, as as our, our buddy John uh, said. <laughs> John Travolta maybe, maybe you'll hear it stick around after the credits. Maybe you'll hear a little fun maybe. bit about that. Um, uh, he's juggling that relationship, which yeah. is obviously a failed marriage where he has three children i think yes. in that marriage mm-hmm. he also has like kind of a mistress who is julia fox she's so good in this movie she's she's not in, in like movie. anything else this yes. is like her first like thing she's so good in it yes uh uh well equipped julia fox i will say um <laughs> she's she's great she's amazing yeah. um but like that part with the weekend that you mentioned like i think if anything to me that's um, fleshing out that relationship and the kind of like tenuous nature of That's his fair. relationship. I mean, with it does her. it does round out properly by the end, and and you know she she becomes a lot bigger of a role than I initially sure. thought. And uh, but like it, obviously, there's a huge age gap between the two. Yes, and whatever the nature of their relationship is, it feels a little bit easy come, easy go. Obviously, he has an apartment that she's living in yeah. that is separate from the house that he is living in on Long Island with he's, his wife. He's so busy. He has, like, two separate lives, you know? Exactly. And that's... It's... This movie is Adam Sandler juggling all these things mm-hmm. and Not juggling it like at it. increasingly yeah. faster and faster and more things are being thrown into the juggling act that he is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is dropping balls and picking them back up. And it, it that is like that manic pace of everything going on is like, I think, what makes this movie so gripping. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly what makes it tick, right? Yeah. It's, it's very cool. I mean... All the performances are so good, and it just—it all really just comes together in such a good way. And I think like that final act is like the most like conventional movie part of the movie, and I'm and I lo- and I love it. It's kind of like how like Hereditary turns into like it does a slow horror. down a little bit. Well, it just becomes more in a shape that I think we as movie goers understand sure. more, where there's like stakes are slowly rising to a boil point. We understand we understand everything that's happening at this sequence because the movie has kind of done the work to get you to this point. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of my point also with the pacing of this movie is that I think it does an exceedingly good job of every bit of the plot of what's going on to this movie is easy to follow, but the micro scenes within 
that's like moving things from one scene to another mm-hmm. is manic and confusing and uh, uh, stressful. Yeah. I think, you know, it, looking back on the movie and now knowing how it ends and, and learning the revelations that come with it, you know, it's a lot easier to, to digest it because now we know it's like, oh, that's who this person was. That's who this. It's yeah. like when Arno's like stripping him naked in that car, like we don't know that they are like going to go to Passover later together, you know? Right. That's kind of a you big reveal. That's a huge reveal. You're like, what the fuck is he doing here? You yeah. Know? Yeah. They're involved with each other. And that's, yeah. that's also kind of like all these people are wrapped up in each other in a mm-hmm. way that I think is very interesting. Yeah. And I think it's that's not also just like they're wrapped up in their crime lives. It's like, oh no, some of them are very intertwined in like their regular lives it's, as well. It's intimate. There is an intimacy in yeah. the chaos of this movie that I think they also nailed, the Safdie brothers also nailed mm-hmm. in good time. Like, I think one thing about the difference between this movie and good time is the actual texture itself of the movie. Because good time has a, um, a closeness and a claustrophobia to it and a griminess yeah. In the way that it's shot. And I think maybe this movie had a little bit bigger of a budget that they... I don't think it's the tone or the, the texture that they're going for as much. They're going for more of a kind of glitzy feel yeah. to it. Like a gilt, like you said, kind of a gilded mm-hmm. kind of like everything has this fake like gaudiness to it. Right. That is characterized in the, the diamond Furbies, which are That's so fucking good. Are very good. Give me a diamond Furby. Uh, everybody, someone, someone diamond get Furbies are going to be big. Are going to be big 2020 going into uh, next year. <laughs> I put the eyes in them so they do this. I like that. Yeah, I like, I it like too. that shit. Um, uh, and, uh, I think this, yeah, this movie has like kind of a different like texture to it, but at the same time, like it's the same core things that make both those movies tick. Yeah. It's wild, man. They're good at it. It's, it's, they are good at it. I I'm, think they're I'm doing just something very, very unique. I'm just very excited to see what they do next already. You Absolutely. Know? Like, I'm just like, holy shit, they're really, they're really going there. I'm just, I'm just pumped for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other like standout moments. Uh, the going back to the weekend scene, the when he's it's demanding, so, it is so funny. It's great. This movie. It's so funny. Demanding that there's black lights on the stage, yeah. and then the uh, the the way that um, Lakeith Stanfield's orange hoodie. orange hoodie pops in that scene is it's really so cool. good. I mean, it looks that whole sequence looks amazing. I love his apartment and the lighting in his apartment. Uh, as as a new owner of an apartment myself, I'm just like, yeah, where did you get those like weird like yeah. U-shaped red his, lights? His Long Island uh, house is, is incredible. Is wild. I was yeah. like, how much money does that person actually have, yeah. or is he pretending to have? I mean, it's you know, it, there's like some easy juxtaposition there where there are like two different types of rich. Like the like the New York City penthouse is very like glamorous and glitzy, and that's where his mistress is. Yep. Whereas like you know his house at home is. Is where his family is. It, I wouldn't say it's humble, but like you know, it's it definitely there's something about it that's not as glamorous mm-hmm. in a way. But it just I think it shows like the kind of dichotomy of his of his two lives, even though he kind of he doesn't really coexist in both very well. No, no, and there's the tension there between yeah. like you know. Uh, his wife being, says, like, you're the most, like, annoying fucking person I've ever met. He's so I, I, I'm inclined to agree with her. Oh, yeah, that. no, he sucks. Yeah, he <laughs> he's, sucks. He's the absolute worst. But he's captivating, you know? Yeah. And that's the same with Robert Pattinson in Good Time. Like, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, it's funny, because, like, his wife is, like, one of the... She's one of the few characters I think really gets it, where she's just, like... Or, like, she, he doesn't, like, owe her anything. Mm-mm. She's just like, no, nah, I'm done. 
And there's no, there's nothing you can bargain with. Right. And he tries to, to fix it. And he tries, he's like, well, in. what? He's like, maybe we give another shot. And she's like, fuck you. Like, and no. it's only after the things happen with his mistress that. With Julia, yeah. they kind of shit the bed. And then he finally goes back to his wife and he's like, eh, maybe actually. I'm yeah, she's just like, no, nah, I'm good on that. And she's like, fuck you. And I think she knows the whole time that he's having this affair, too. Right. You know, well, that's clearly, why he, well, what he says to her, like, she means nothing. So right. it's, it's obvious he has that apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I all of it just clicked. I think for me, all of it works really well. No, I really, I, I very much enjoyed the movie. Um, it just feels a little long in the tooth for uh, its pacing, but it's hard for me to imagine anything there that's are actually some, cut from it. You there know? are some ups and downs. I feel like, but they are like you said, like the moments where he has the breakdown in his office so, with Julia. Yeah. Um, are you need that to kind of get a little bit of just like this is just so much well you know that's that's the movie coming to like a screeching halt but like in a in a good in a good way you know in, in a way where it's like you know he needs to have some kind of like self-reflection in this moment even if even if he kind of throws away pretty quickly right and that is the end of the second act break where you go into that third act and that's where the 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 Mohegan well, it's after he loses the um the bid war with right. um uh, KG. Right. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. I loved it, man. I don't it's even great. know if there's like a lot left for me to say scene to scene about it. Yeah. But. No, I really, I can't wait to see it again. Um, I think it makes sense that he dies at the end. I think Absolutely. you kind of, I think you kind of have to. He's a piece of shit, you know? And it's, it's the same thing with like, I mean, Robert Pattinson's character dies at the end. He of... did not die. He gets arrested. Oh, okay. I thought he fell out of the building. No, it was the other guy that fell out of the building. Spoilers for Good Time as yeah, well, I guess. I guess. <laughs> you should see that movie. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. I think so, too. It's 100% worth watching. Yes. Um, especially if you've seen this movie or you're considering watching this movie, mm-hmm. you should also watch Good Time. Um, more about the journey. But the it's, it goes, you know, they are taking a lens to this kind of criminal life in the same way. Again, I think it's a cool reflection of the Irishman. Especially the Safdie brothers are very young in their career and they're yeah. just really getting started at this kind of stuff. It is a different kind of lens on a criminal sort of underworld um, that is in no way endorsing or no. um, you know glorifying everything that's going on here. No, it's very... I mean, they're, they're like character studies... Like a lot of movies are, but they they do it in a way that doesn't like you know it's not like the fucking Joker where it's just like I feel like the movie's just like how haven't you related to this person so much? Yeah. It's like I don't think anyone really relates to Adam Sandler. If they do, they, they're probably not someone I want to fucking talk to. No, but it, but it also I think you know is an interesting like it humanizes that in a way of like this yeah. is a person who is in way too deep and has probably been up to this shit for too long mm-hmm. and this is everything catching up to him. Yeah, they don't go the route of trying to be like, well, this is how he got into this mess. No, because they're not concerned with that. It's you like, can like, infer that yeah. just by the strong performance that Sandler gives. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is a wheeler and dealer. He's been wheeling and dealing in this way for a long fucking time. Yeah, he has his fingers in a lot of pies. Everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. Everyone and, knows that he's a fucking liar. And he's he's everything here is catching up to him. Yeah, it's a good movie, man. It's a good movie. It's, it's a, I had like, a good time. I had a good time. They say good time a lot in that movie. A couple times. Yeah, and I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we get it. Yeah, we know what's up. We, cool, we, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I highly yeah. recommend. 
going to see this movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Who knows, man? They make more movies than they could like do like a retconning of of you know they have the the good time universe kind of like the Quentin verse has slowly spawned. Sure, you know. Yeah, and I buy I buy it, man. It, like, these movies kind of feel like that in a way, in the way that you know with Reservoir Dogs and stuff like that. Like yeah. Tarantino was like cutting out this kind of pacing uh and atmosphere and texture with the way that he does dialogue and the way that he composes his scenes mm-hmm. and, put and them, the people were just put like oh they like kind of they like fit together you know and i think you got some you have some auteurs out there who really like they try the you got some like ryan johnson who like you know you could you could definitely pick apart and understand the stuff that he does that's very similar across all of his movies but all his movies feel very distinct and very different, um, usually because he's tackling different genres in a really big way. Sure. Whereas these movies, like, you know, they they feel very um, adjacent to one another and, and, like, shoulder to shoulder in a good way. Yeah, and, and like it's, that. it's the texture that really, I think, sets these movies apart. Um mm-hmm. You know, there is there's just a vibe to these movies. <laughs> certainly got not a necessarily vibe. a good one, but there is a strong one. Good, good in the sense of good art. Uh, bad in the sense of holy shit, this is hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, it, it put me in a mood. That's for sure. Certainly, I think this is one of our more manic podcasts. I just yeah. a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. <sighs> Any closing thoughts, Robbie, on, uh, on on Cut Gems? Can't wait to see it again. Definitely on my top ten list. Hell yeah, for sure. Rock and roll. We got to get writing on those things. Yeah, I was do. waiting to see this one before I started uh, yeah. uh, solidifying. I saw Art of Self Defense recently. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, that's a good one. I also like that one quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, you should go back and listen to the podcast that Jeremy and I. Did. Oh, I should do that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. plug. We had a good time recording that podcast. Plug. Um. Uh, well, that's a good uh, segue to say that this is not the only podcast that we do for Story Screen. This is not. There are many other podcasts. Are there any? Well, we just did one on the Irishman. Check that out. So, in the past week, we've, or we've dropped a few things. Right? Yeah. So, if you're listening to this, thank you. If you want some other uh, shout-outs to other shows, uh, there's a new Trikai Nine up, which is a podcast that some lovely people do um, about the best movies of. Uh, 1999. There is also uh, a hot take on Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, The Irishman, and Knives Out. The three of probably you know three of some of the biggest movies of the year. Damn, we got some content on. It's a lot of content we've dropped for, exactly. you, for you guys. So I hope you enjoy it. So check it out. Uh, I have a BoJack Horseman article up, uh, kind of like a recap about season six, part one, and also a little bit of me talking about like. Uh, redemption for characters like Bojack, and that's even that more means. content. If you don't like to listen to stuff, you could just read it, it with your fucking eyes, read with your eyeballs. Yeah, you can put your you own want. voice on it. You put your phone in your mouth and just ingest it. If you want to, if sure. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Why not? You would do it. Do it your <laughs> way. <laughs> do it your way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, if you like this podcast, if you're subscribed to this podcast, thank you very much. If you want to leave a little review. Please do. If you like it, that's cool. Let us know. If you don't like it, also let us know. Let us know what we could do better. Sure. Happy to hear it. We're open 2020. Criticism. 2020. New maybe. year, new podcast, new me. New me. New me. We're going to do it big in 2020. It's, big. it's only getting bigger. The theater is is on, coming up on a year. Yeah, it is. It's been a crazy Crazy. Few weeks. Crazy year. Crazy, few, crazy few weeks. Crazy yeah. holiday. We hope that you out there enjoyed your holiday. Eight crazy nights. We're wishing you all a happy new year. Mm hmm. And uh, we'll see you for some more big shit in 2020. Peace. Later. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Goodbye. We're going to go start drinking for the New Year. Yeah, I'm going to get hammered. Yep.
Peace. See ya. Actually, you know what? Let me refill the water on the cat dish because it's going to be like trickling all the time. Okay. Really Jack is refilling the water in the cat dish right now. He is picking it up and bringing it to the sink. That is the sound of the water flowing into the dish. It is filling as we speak. This is to avoid any uh, trickle like it may be happening during the event of the podcast. We don't want to hear any trickling in the background. It's a very uh, serious operation that we do that we really try to avoid any sound that would mix with uh, the, the audio uh, quality of, of the show that we're making. So, uh, you know, he's putting it down. He's plugging it back in. As you can probably tell, there's no more trickles, so it seems like a mission accomplished, boys. The trickles have been eliminated. The trickles have been eliminated. We don't want our listeners listening to this. And They're going like, to have to pee the whole time. If they pee? hear. Oh, I don't know what's up with Oh, my piss. They have like a ah. really weird manic energy, and I kind of have to pee? I'm not, my energy might be depleting a little bit, but we'll see.